we dive straight into anxiety, depression. We all have it, how to mitigate it, what it actually means, and how to use it as a superpower straight from the get-go in today's episode with David. So let's get into the show. Are you ready to ethically scale your business? Good. Because this is the Mind of George podcast, where relationships beat algorithms and depth is the only direction when it comes to ethically scaling your business. Each Monday and Friday, I'll be the guy between your ears in the hoodie and pink shoes guiding you home, giving you the tools to extract, honor, and amplify your genius so you can be the light for your customers. Sound fabulous? Cool. Let's get into the episode. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Mind of George Show. I uh, To say I'm excited about today's episode is an understatement, but we're diving off the deep end, like I said, and we're going to dive right into fear, anxiety, depression, and some of my favorite topics about mastering those things because I've been like a broken record this year and I'm going to continue to be, as Alex Sharfin says, you don't have the business you want yet because you haven't become the person to run it. And today's guest happens to be an expert who has walked many, many, many paths with many, many lives, who has one of the dopest last names ever now that I know how to pronounce it. And uh, I should have recorded the first 30 minutes of the conversation, but there's some of the parts of that convo I'm not ready for the world to hear yet. But to say that I made a new friend is an understatement, a Canadian neighbor uh, who I'm excited about. I'm excited about this topic. And even reading his bio and stalking him on the internet this morning, I'm like, all right, I'm very excited to selfishly listen, learn. And we see the world in so many ways. And he shared a few things with me today that we're going to be diving into and even some resources he has for you. And I'm just incredibly honored and excited to welcome David Procision to the show now that I know how to say it. So David, welcome to the party, my friend. Thank you, George. Excited to be here. Oh, me too. Me too. I I always appreciate the friendly Canadians dropping in and being nice to me and not getting mad at me when I cuss too much. It's so nice. It's so nice. So... (laughs) I briefed you before the show and, and, and we're going to dive right in, but, but a, a big topic, uh, at the top of your mind and something that you're very, very close with, but also very, very seasonally appropriate right now. And seems to be the flavor for almost every single conversation I have with people, entrepreneurs in every area of life, including three this morning, moving across the country, changing jobs, uncertain feeling down, like I, I don't know what to happen and it tends to be an area that you're in. So I just kind of want to dive right in and start talking about fear, depression, anxiety, and all those pieces. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it, man. So like for for me, um, I, I guess I'll frame this with a little bit of a of a of a story and then kind of let you unpack it because you have such a a vast what I would say story or journey of getting to your current state, right? With many, many avenues and shoots led through movement and body. But I I do recognize for me that I feel like I didn't even start to get it or understand any of it because I thought that there was like this finish line that uh, once I made my anxiety go away, it was like gone. Or when I addressed that fear that I looked at in the mirror and I was like, okay, oh no, no, no. Like today was a really hard day. Okay. That scared the, the, the crap out of me. I made it better. It's never going to come back again. And, you know, I had this very like finish line approach, but also didn't realize how much my emotions played into the decisions and choices I made. And so like, I felt like I was almost like a victim to like anxiety and, and depression. And I even remember I used to tell my therapist that uh, I was like, well, I'm just a robot. I'll never feel again. I'm, I'm numb. And, and she changed my life when she looked me dead in the eye. And she's like, well, numb is a feeling. 
And so I think, you know, for me, I think in the world we live in, entrepreneurship specifically, everything we see out there is like, do this in your business, do this, hustle here, grind here, do this. And there's all these external things. And I feel like you've lived this life to understand it's an internal outgame. And I feel like anxiety and depression is something that a lot of people experience and don't talk about. So like maybe what are some of the common things that you see or that you bump into with people where they're dealing with this in their life or mistakes that they're making or, or areas where they can have a different awareness or make choices? Because I don't think this is just an entrepreneur thing either. I think it's an everywhere thing. Oh yeah, <clears throat> it is an everywhere thing. And uh, my, my starting point could be the word that you used when you introduced the topic, mastering anxiety. I actually think of it more as humility. Mm. Like that, that is absolutely the starting point. And humility allows you to feel. So what, what I find that most people end up doing and what I did when I was young until I realized, until I saw it, is that I was numbing. I was closing things in. I wasn't talking about them. I didn't have people around me who were able to relate to it or able to help. So the humility allows you to sink in and feel body sensations. Mm. <clears throat> And now there's there, there's all kinds of there are all kinds of approaches that are important with this, but if you can start with that, that that is your absolutely most important starting point. Now there's mindset. You got to believe mm -hmm. that you can create positive change. There's what you were talking about, where you want to get away from labeling sensations. So you were talking about numbness. Mm -hmm. That we start to we start. Oh, that's numbness. I hate numbness. You got to bring empathy to that. Like mindfulness, mindfulness isn't just removing things to be mindful. It's it's relating to the world and yourself in a way that brings love. Mm. And so you want you want that curiosity about who you are as a person, the sensations that you're feeling, how you relate to your world, and you want to bring compassion into that. And then with that vulnerability, you also need the courage to feel the harder feelings and do them anyway. So understanding boundaries and leaning into them. Mm -hmm. my, my greatest transformations in my life, because, you know, I went from 20 years old, unable to get out of bed. I was, I was so depressed and I was exhausted all the time to pushing the boundaries, baby steps, pushing every little boundary as I walked through my life to where my intense social anxiety was gone. Mm. And now I, I can actually stand on a stage and speak to people. Mm. And I can't even, I can't tell you how I got there, but it involved all of those things I was talking about. You have to believe that it can happen. Mm -hmm. You have to have a mindfulness practice that's not just when you're practicing, but it's it's in your daily life. Your every moment is an opportunity to learn. That's the way you have to approach life. Every moment, you stop labeling things, and you have a sense of the Buddhist label it as non-attachment. So, letting things go. So you need to be able to learn how you relate to your world see the reactivity, see the habitual patterns, and just watch them move through you. 
Yeah, I love that and have 75 hours of podcast questions to ask you now. Uh, and I'm very excited about this. I was actually so funny last night uh, after I put my son to bed, I pulled up a YouTube video to watch and it was a study on the Dunning-Kroger effect and, and our, our gap of thinking we know more than we know. And it feels so in relation to what you're speaking about in in mastering these things and the humility reframe for me immediately triggered tears in my body it immediately like reframing it from that anxiety to humility made it feel okay to like feel the feelings but also realize like the amount of resistance that i had for years to like those things that would trigger me and then i would fight them and fight them and fight them and i would only get more of them and it was because i was making up that I had done something bad or wrong or that I was a failure as a human or that like I shouldn't be a father anymore or, you know, insert whatever narrative I made up and, uh, and it's, it's huge for me. And so can we, uh, so this back injury, right? Like you were at like the low of the low of the low, right? Your whole Mm -hmm. teens, you had this debilitating back injury and then depressed and low. And then was it you deciding that like you wanted to take your body back or what was that like driving force? Like, where did you find in that like low of low? What was it that kind of sparked an interest or even a direction? And how did you start to like walk out of that? Oh, it was, I just wanted to feel better. Like I had, I'd gone through in chronic anxiety and then hit that wall. Mm-hmm. And I had already gone through several back injuries where I was laid out and I couldn't walk for a week. And I also experienced several concussions through contact sports. Mm-hmm. You know, and back then there was no concussion nope. awareness. Nope. The coach was like, if you can walk, get back out on the yep. field, you know, yep. and still I'd be seeing stars and, and being and dizzy, but you want to be tough. Yep. So, I I was just simply seeking an alternative. I knew that there had to be something different, but my current family and group of friends didn't really provide that for me. You know how your your life experience becomes your norm? Mm-hmm. My norm was sports, and my norm was the friends that I acquired through sports and parents who drove sports into us to keep us away from drugs. Mm-hmm. And so the first thing I did was I opened up the yellow pages. You remember what those are? I sure do. I used to drop them <laughs> off in people's driveways out of the back of a trunk oh, no. to make money. <laughs> and I looked up yoga and I looked up meditation and I found I found a yoga class in Saskatoon where I grew up and I found a meditation circle. And that was that was the first step I took. What would you say, and I'm just, I'm actually innately curious about this. Was there a moment that you can remember in either the yoga class or meditation class where you were like, I got this or like, you're like, I'm in, I don't even know why, but like, do you remember when you were like, I'm going to keep going here? Yeah. Well, the teacher was particularly attractive. That was yeah, my I, first thank you, Thank you so much for being honest to me because any catalyst works, right? Like whatever gets you in the door, it turned out to be a good thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, she was cute. Anyways, uh, she was a fantastic teacher. And I walked out of my first yoga class with some relief in my back. That's mm-hmm. all I needed. Some relief. It wasn't fixed. But it made me realize, you know, I've, I've, I've always been a curious kid. Yeah. 
And I think that's what, that's part of the reason I got driven into anxiety is my curiosity kept kind of hitting walls. Like I didn't, I didn't have friends or family that had that same level that wanted to go into like in-depth conversations. And so this made me, the way she taught made me realize that, yes, I can go in, I can feel, I can be curious about my sensations and I can do things in a way that makes me learn about where the tightness is, tightness is in my body, where I'm weak. And it's, it's going to be a, a new path of self-discovery. That's yeah. what it felt like. Yeah. And same with the meditation circle. Yeah. Like I, uh, if I could take a picture of that meditation circle now, yeah, <laughs> it was funny. It was like a circle with mostly middle-aged women. Yep. And I was, I was 19 years old. Yep. And the one who led it, she, she honestly believed that her cat had healing powers yep. and her cat would walk around. And if the cat laid on your lap, it was healing you that day. Yep. <laughs> yep. And the most incredible thing was I had my first out of body experience. Have you ever feel, felt that where you yep. like you rise above your body and you yep. can actually see, see yourself? Yep. Yeah. It was, it was crazy. And it, it was one of those, it was another moment where I started to realize, Hey, like possibilities are a lot different than you think they are. Mm hmm. There's a there I talk about this interview all the time, but you'll probably like it. You know who Sadhguru is? No. Okay. Sadhguru uh and Mike Tyson did an interview. The most contrasting ever. Sadhguru is like one of like massive spiritual leader uh in India, travels the world. He's he's very like a public figure of it now. Um but just in, in what you were sharing, uh, for people listening, like I feel like what you just talked about was such a big part of it. Uh and I want to ask you a question about this because you talked about when you came out of there, being able to feel like being able to feel things like, Oh, I feel this in my back or I feel this in my leg, or even I feel this intense feeling in my body. And for me, one of the reasons I struggled for so long is like when all the PTSD was stacked on or all of it, that what I would call anxiety felt so overwhelming. Like it literally felt like I couldn't move. Like every part of my body just wanted to like crawl up in a hole and then almost think about things to convince myself it was worse than it was. So I wouldn't move right. My limbic system taking over. And I'll just, I'll never forget that like every single time that I would have a moment where I was like, you know what, just go walk it off or just go move it off or like go, you know, move my body. It would start to feel better, but it's actually what's interesting is for me personally, like I was able to start to utilize something similar to you, but it was like through just consistently walking every day, that I start to have awareness of my emotions because I also had the space to feel them. And so I would be out in this walk and it's this cold morning and all of a sudden I'm like, God, I'm sad. And I'm walking around. I'm like, Oh, why am I sad? And all of a sudden I'd start crying. I'm like, Oh, I was like, well, I don't know why, but that feels better now. And it was like, I almost had to use my physical body and consistency and really protecting that part of my environment to almost backdoor my relationship in to be able to have these off-gassing moments for my emotions because I would struggle in breathing. I would struggle in meditation and Thich Nhat Hanh and all these things I was doing and Kundalini yoga and breath of fire. And it was like this mind game for me. And the, the gaps felt so big between like my head and my body. And I was trying to get in from like my head down and it was like moving in my body. Like you're talking about just consistently that really started to change that relationship with it for me. Um, but I wanted, I wanted to ask you, you know, where, where you see now, like 
not in the lens of like importance, but like I genuinely believe that everybody should have a stillness practice, a movement practice, some level of connected practice into their body or state of being every single day is like a foundational part to like tune in. But how do you recommend people start, right? Like when feeling overwhelming fear or overwhelming anxiety that can feel, I don't know where to go. I don't even know what the next bite is. Like, I can't tell you where I want to be in the next hour. Like what, what was like one of those first steps for you or, or what do you guide people on now to like really be able to either dive into that part of their body or to find a practice or an outlet or just some path of progress for them and like building a relationship with those emotions. Yeah. I think the starting point is understanding that it doesn't need to be big. Yes. (laughs) Say it again. (laughs) Holy moly. Yes. Yeah. Like in fact, um, on some level, like my experience was it needs to be small. It does. It needs to be simple. It does. Like like radically simple. Radically simple. Yeah. And it makes me think of one of my one of my closest friends today. His name's Rob. Great guy. And I met him in I met him about 20, 23 years ago. And early on, he was he was kind of the first person I was able to share my experience with just because he was so accessible and open-minded and and caring. And I remember him saying to me one day, because I was telling him about this, this tension in my gut, like, why do I have so much, this ball of tension never goes away. It's always there. And he said, well, have you ever, have you ever asked it why it's there? Yes. And my, my first response was, you can do that. Yep. I never considered doing that, like asking that simple question. Uh huh. And why? Like, why do people get to the point where they feel like they need an outside solution, and that it that it can't come from within? So that comes back to the curiosity. Yep. The vulnerability and the curiosity and the compassion. So that was a starting point. I would. You know, I I dove into meditation. I'd be doing long, silent meditation retreats, and it was always according to a specific teaching. Yep. Except I would bring my own curiosity and questions into, and I would sit with that belly tension, and I would ask you, "Why are you there? Why are you there? Tell me." And the interesting thing about everything is that it's just energy. Yep. Can I, I, can I say something right now? Because I feel like you'll appreciate this. I've realized in my life that every fortune cookie I've read was right. So I've relegated my life to making models to where I can put things in fortune cookies that I use as reminders for myself. And Mm. one of the things that you just said, and for everybody listening, I want you to pause and write these down or come back and write these down because I say them to you. And they're also scripture statements, which is something I teach you in the lens of business, but write these ones down. Number one, Our job is not to eradicate our emotions. It's to build a relationship with them, period. Mm. My version is, and to strap them back in their car seat, give them a cup of coffee and tell them to shut the fuck up because daddy's driving. That's my full version. Your version is, our job is not to eradicate our emotions. It's to build a relationship with them. The reason I... 
a relationship I, with our emotions. Yeah, and I, I I think it's important to define the relationship because yeah yeah yeah, you, I, and I, I'm going to let you throw a thought yeah. on that one just for everybody yeah. to write down the second one because I opened the loop. The second one, uh, and and something that David said earlier is it has to be small. It also has to be enough. Every one of those choices is enough in itself. It, it, it doesn't matter if it's a mile, an inch, a centimeter, a millimeter. It's any small choice and it's always enough because every one of them is a celebration because it's a different pattern. But the other one that I write down in my notebook a lot is anxiety is energy lacking clarity. And what I tell myself is that it's a, basically a shotgun and it doesn't know where to go. But the moment I can sit with it, understand how much of it I have and maybe ask what it is, I can direct it in that conversation. And so in relation to what you're saying, and I'd love for you to talk about the relationship with your emotions in that Sadhguru, and I'll, I'll send it to you and I'll link it in the show notes for everybody else. It's an interview between Mike Tyson and Sadhguru and Sadhguru breaks this down so well, but one of the most powerful things he talks about is that we get this human body, which is our vehicle. And all day, the check engine lights come on and we ignore them, but yet we never even take the time to open up the owner's manual to ask ourselves how to drive this thing. And that simple question of like, what is this? Or why is this showing up? Or what would you like me to see? Or what would you like me to know? And then my favorite question, and for everybody who really wants to play this game with yourself, on my bathroom mirror, it says coach, because it's genuinely the only place I can get the answer. And most of the outside resources you go to lead you back to that same place anyways. But these are my two favorite questions. And I'm going to tell you these questions hurt when you answer these questions for real. Because for all the times I'm sitting there and I'm like, what is this? And I can't find an answer. The two questions I write down on my paper are, what am I pretending not to know? And the second question is, what am I pretending not to see? And typically when I sit with those two questions, I find all the answers I'm looking for. But I just wanted to take a minute to give you guys some anchors with these things. Earlier in the beginning of the episode, when I talked about Alex, how he says this so eloquently is that you don't have the business you want because you haven't become the person to run it. That can feel a little overwhelming for people. But what it really means is that you have to flex your emotional capacity muscle to be able to sit with and exist with all of these emotions. Because the moment you can do that, you create space for the next level in your business. Because trust me, the waves get bigger and higher and stronger. And the only thing that changes is the depth of your foundation. And so Every one of them is a really, really good one to celebrate, but this is an actual tangible way to tie that in. And so I'd love, David, to hear your thoughts on the um, building a relationship with your emotions. Yeah, actually, I, I remember when I w- said the word humility early on, I saw you close your eyes. I did. And you, like, you did that going within thing. It went straight. You felt bro, it. Bro, it went straight yeah. into my body, like instantly. Yeah. I was like gone. Yeah. So the only thing that I would say about what what you said yeah. about relating to your body is that I I am a I'm a bit concerned about the enough piece. And this is I'll tell you why. So with with your own inner experience, mm-hmm. sometimes you don't witness change. No. You don't feel it. And, no, of course and not. Ten and five years later, you realize, whoa, yep. these are the ways I've changed because your life has become normalized mm-hmm. and someone else might see it, but you don't see it. It's like watching your kid 
grow up. Oh yeah. And someone someone sees them after two months. <laughs> They see the change. I take a two week trip a way. and my son looks different, but yet every day I see him, he tends to look the same. Yeah, a thousand yeah. percent. Yeah. And so, and the other thing is, and this is really hard for people to do, I think, is to get out of the mindset of, of wanting an outcome. Mm-hmm. Yes. Fact. It's so crucial. It is. Like, th- there is, you know, Krishnamurti, his one of his famous quotes was, Truth is a pathless land. Yep. So you imagine every path that you're on as not leading to a destination. It's, it is here and now, like the moment that we are in right now is the opportunity to learn. And that is the only opportunity to learn. There's no future and there's no past. Yep. It's now. Yep. So to me, it's, yeah, you just learning how to open up yourself to your own experience within yourself and how that relates to your environment. Mm -hmm. There's other one, there's one other piece that I haven't mentioned yet. It's also surrounding yourself with people who feel the same way and and have a a similar value system. 1000%. And can support you. Yeah. 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 Which, which I can't uh, say enough. And when I said earlier, just for everybody listening, when I said it, it, I will say this from my experience, every one of my clients, everybody I know, everybody I learn from, everybody I pay, everybody I coach, it's always got to be a small step. Base hits win baseball games, not home runs, right? It's just bite by bite by bite. And when I say that it's enough, I mean that one of the reasons I lost and most people lose is because we never celebrate the gain. We always look and make the gap wrong. And the more evidence we make moving forward, we tend to see the gap getting bigger and bigger. And that's all we look at. And we never take a moment to yeah. anchor in because any moment that you're in breakdown and you choose that enough is a one minute walk outside, that's episodic memory to be celebrated for your brain that actually tangibly, measurably moves the needle and redevelops neural pathways. And so it just has to be anything that's different than the current situation that's more aligned or in the direction of where your future would like to be, even if you don't know what that looks like. And yeah, some days. And, yeah. Yeah. That was it. And let's, let's be honest with the common experience of a lot of people who have chronic anxiety and depression. Like it is, it's a it day, can day, be minute to minute, genuinely debilitating. A thousand percent. I, I, I ge- yeah. like, I don't, I've never talked about this on the podcast, but when I was getting separated from the Marine Corps and my food blog was out of the height of its career. Luckily it was rotting because I would spend like 30 days not leaving my house. I would lay on the floor underneath my desk and just sit there for days at a time shaking and having anxiety and panic attacks and couldn't figure out if it was yeah. trauma or it was physical. Like I, I get it. Like I 1000% empathize with everybody's experience. And I, I, I'm yeah. glad that you said that because I, I think that a lot of the times it's not talked about and all trauma is relative and so is anxiety. And like somebody can feel a little bit and it'd be debilitating for their entire functional and other people can manage what seems like insurmountable amounts of it and look like everything is normal and they're just ducks underneath the surface, but it is all relative. Yeah. And anxiety does serve a positive purpose as well. A thousand percent, a thousand percent. But I, I think that it's really, it's worth it to speak to that, sense of loss and hopelessness. Like if you're, when you were going through that and when I was going through my depression, I woke up every morning. I'm like, what the fuck is the point? Yep. What, what's the point? Like I, I, if I'm going to feel like this every day, yep. like 
hopelessness, yep. sadness, pain, like deep, deep pain. Like there's nothing for me in this world. That's what a lot of people feel when they're depressed. Yep. To, to even listen to a way out of it is really, really hard. For sure. And to, to even say to some, or listen to someone say, you know, take baby steps. This is how you can do it. Uh, some, like I would react to that in like a, don't be so fucking condescending. Yeah. yeah like sure. you don't understand what I'm going through. For sure. Yeah. So yeah, it's really important to, to acknowledge that that's where people can be. And so pro, and just then, and knowing. Then, uh, yeah. I want to add one part because you turned on the yeah. personal development coach part of my brain because this is also for everybody listening, like this is a big part of it too, is that a lot of that, and Jim Quick's a dear friend of mine, but we have to remember that only 5% of our brain is conscious and the other 95% is subconscious. And the subconscious programming is the script that's running over and over, which is where we get the stories that we tell ourselves, right? And one of the things that helped me understand this in the personal development room is like they would say something, right? And I would get triggered. I'm like, you're being fucking condescending. And she looked me dead in the eye and she's like, you're a purple dinosaur. And I'm like, no, I'm not. And she's like, notice how calm you were because it wasn't true. And I was like, oh, shit. And she's like, yeah, if there's a reaction in your body to something I say, it's because your body recognizes it as true for you. And I was like, oh, my mind just broke so bad so bad like it broke me and i was like holy oh my god that's so true yes got it got it got it right and i realized that like i'd spent a lot of my life as like the victim of that story and then like the deeper yeah. concept of whether you read the book extreme ownership or believe in personal development which is 100 percent ownership 100 percent of time or study out of adanta and on attachment and get to bodhisattva which is one who chooses to surpass enlightenment for the betterment of humanity, there's always this thing. And the one thing that she would say is she's like, and I was at like the depths of the low. And she's like, yeah, your biggest problem is it's always about you or some outcome. She's like, just give away what you want to get. You want clarity? Go give clarity to somebody else. You want love? Go give love to somebody else. You want honesty? Give honesty to somebody else. And it changed my life. And like for me in the low, I was like, the only meaning that's here for me is what I choose to create today. And like, I can either keep reading this book and I know that book very, very well, or I can pick up the pen and put the and start today, right? And and that's fine, but it's just about also being willing. Like I say this on the podcast all the time and I was like, nobody has a marketing problem. Everybody has a relationship problem. But I was like, the one thing is that we spend our entire life avoiding the one relationship we're guaranteed to spend the rest of it with, which is ourself. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, and if you can't get up in the morning and exist in nothingness for the first 30 minutes of your day. Or as the monk on the podcast, Elp, a dear friend of mine, Elp Dekin was on the podcast. And he was in a Tibetan monastery for like nine years in silence for like seven of them. And he said it better than ever. If you can't take a shit without your phone, you're not living. Right? Like if you can't even be in that space with yourself without this distraction. So I also think too that like I, I, I love people dearly, but I'm also willing to have the hard conversation that when you're having the internal conversation of I feel hopeless and I can do nothing, I also know exactly where you are in the moment you take a step in that direction and you celebrate. It doesn't make it go away. It just gives you a step to try something new and put the recipe back in the mm. kitchen. 
and like for me i'm like just keep taste testing taste test and taste test and taste test and taste test but eventually you just fall in love with the process and so whether it's writing rewriting that story step by step or whether the first part is our brian our dear friend brian bogart who's been on the show his one of his famous talks is embrace pain to avoid suffering right the human experience Mm. is not just up it's we feel all of it and carl jung says the depth of our roots into hell dictates the height of which our branches can touch towards heaven or light or dark Mm -hmm. or shadow right and i I think for me, there's this celebrated culture right now that like everything's happy all the time and everything's hunky-dory and it's highlight reel and it's everything. I'm like, no, it's human. Like we all got down days. Like I spilled coffee on myself this morning. I had a broken windshield the other day. I screamed at him about it. I was like, fuck, come on. I just replaced it four weeks ago. God, I live in Montana, right? Like it's, and then that leads to a call and you're like, darn, I lost the deal. Man, I was off. Like we all have it, right? Like I, I think just, I think also for me, and I think in even this whole conversation, I think my number one thing is like, just be open about it. Like, just be willing to be open about it. Like, and this is for leaders and also for people. I understand the courage it takes to be honest about this, but leaders as well, this requires all of us. Like we all feel this way. The stress doesn't go away. The pressure and noise doesn't go away. We just relate to it differently. And it's information for us. It's a game. Oh, we move that. We move that. Oh, that one overwhelmed me. I guess I need to go back on the fucking gym and work on that muscle again. But I, I think all of us have a responsibility to like have the honest conversations, right? Like the, the businesses don't matter. Like the, the games don't matter. The goals don't matter if the people underneath them aren't connected and feel safe enough to be honest. And so I think also like normalizing this conversation that like it's okay to be an entrepreneur and be scared as shit. It's okay mm. to be an entrepreneur and have a massive amount of anxiety and then have to give it a cup of coffee and be like, yeah, great. But I have a hundred people in my audience right now standing in front of me. So now's not the time. So I'm either going to tell them you all exist and you're going to sit up here with me or you're going to take a cup of coffee and stay out of my way. Sorry, that went on like a little rant there, but I, I don't know. I get fired up about this because I, I, <laughs> I feel like I feel like as an entrepreneur, I, I felt alone for so long. I felt like yeah. every time I tried to share my feelings with somebody. They'd be like, yeah, but just go hustle, go grind, go blank and no fault of their own, right? They were on their own field doing their own, their own thing. And, and, I, and, I, and I, I realized a long time ago that like, that's not okay. And like, no matter what in yeah. entrepreneurship, like your vision's yours. No one knows what it looks like but you. And to think I could come put a brick in it blows my mind, but I can sure as shit be in the kitchen and you can give me as many tastes of your spoon as you want. And I'm gonna tell you if it tastes good, I tell if it tastes bad, but only you know to put it on your menu. But then when you do, I'm going to help you fill as many people in that restaurant as possible. If they don't like it, we're going back in the kitchen, right? Mm. Like that's, I think that's where the game is won. And I think just more people need to be open and honest about it. Yeah. Sorry. A little bit of a, actually that leads me to a good point because there was something I said earlier and I, I want to tie this together because your, your journey with your back injury to like, what you have and live now in your world, which I would like to talk about for a minute. But I genuinely believe that like the physical body is like one of the easiest guaranteed built-in environmental design paths <laughs> into self-regulation, your nervous system and everything. And like you've, you've spent your career building this incredible library of like resources, mastery, and you've danced in all these buckets from 10 day silent retreats to to our 50 yoga teaching to running an entire company of helping people move their bodies to helping them deal with anxiety and depression and all of it and i just i feel like 
you've said so many things that read, like, I, I will say this. I, I don't know if anyone else has ever seen me on the podcast, have somebody say something. And when I'm interviewing them, I immediately drop out of that experience and have my own experience in my body because that, whether anybody realizes it or not, that reframe for me put a massive puzzle piece into place and like created a massive relief valve in my belly. And I'm like, oh no, that's why today happened. Uh, but like, I just feel gifted already with so much of your presence in your heart and like feeling the emotion and like how much you care about this. And I just feel like now's a perfect opportunity. So I would love it if you could kind of tell people who are listening right now, like where they can connect with you, where they can find more of you. You have a couple of options and I think they're all great for people, but I'd love for you to share. Yeah. So my website is do yoga with me. Which I love by the way, do yoga with me.com is so good. Great. Yeah. Yeah. We've been around for 14 years now. That's time. Like the early days friend. of YouTube we were around. That's time. <laughs> that's what, that's when I had to make a fake college email to get a Facebook account to be a blogger. Cause I couldn't get a <laughs> Facebook account cause I didn't go to college. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, um, it's easy to get in touch with me through do yoga with me. You just have to click the contact us button. Yeah. And, and what I'm most excited about is the, is the, the challenge. I think that that's one of the greatest things ever. So can you tell everybody about the challenge? Yeah, it's a 21 day program. I call it let go of anxiety and fear. And can I mention the coupon code? Yeah, please. Or do we do? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So right now for listeners of George podcast, we have an offer of 30% off for that program. And, uh, are you going to, so are they going to reach out to us for the link or are yep, you going to They put can it in the reach show out notes? to either of us. We're going to put it in the show notes as well, but in a minute, I'm okay. going to tell them, you can tell them the link. We'll put it in the show notes and then I let them know if they DM me, I'll send it to them as well to make it easy for them. Right. And we have a lot of resources for all kinds of I noticed. Um, issues, like including anxiety and depression on the website, yep. Yoga With Me. So there's, we're also running an offer for your your listeners 30% off a yearly membership. Amazing. So we can. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. So for everybody listening, um, do yoga is also their Instagram. I follow it and they post incredible amounts of like tips and resources and things like that. And I've been obsessed with movement and stretching every night and habit stacking it. And it's been absolutely incredible for my body uh, and healing. And so um, you guys also know, in listening to this show, and by the way, it just, if you happen to be here for the first time or you found me through David, if you want to know who I am and why this slice of crazy exists, just go to the channel trailer on either YouTube or Spotify. Uh, and for everybody listening, you also know I'm pretty bullish on everybody making sure you're subscribed to Spotify because I'm pretty sure they're going to put Apple out of business. So make sure you're migrating over there since the tools they're releasing are incredible and um, they're there. But we'll link it in the show notes for sure. But do yoga with me.com, do yoga with me Instagram. And then if you guys DM us on Instagram, do yoga with me. We'll send you the link or we'll send you the link to the page to make it easy for you. And you can also reach out to them as well. And I didn't ask him. He surprised me with that. Uh, but I am a big proponent of, I don't care if it's me. I don't care if it's YouTube. I don't care if it's somewhere else, but I care that you intentionally grab something. You make a commitment that you can actually see some tangible results in 21 days feels like a perfect amount of time. And you start utilizing your body and you build this relationship and you implement a lot of these tools. And, and for those listening, you'll also realize, and we'll link this in the show, what David was talking about even after his back injury. And so much incredible wisdom he shared today is that like you kind of have to create hope and clarity and you have to break it down bite by bite and you have to change your environment 
to be able to match who you want to be, not who you were. And you have to surround yourself with people who call out and bring out the best of you. And also, in my language, don't also believe the war wounds and are willing to wipe off, put a bandaid on it and slap you on the booty and say, get back on the field, right? Like the people that love us Mm. and hold us and all those things tied together. And so for those of you wondering, those two models that I teach you on the podcast, the wedge of expectations and the SOS model are the models to use to literally plug those behaviors into and then have that support system around you to help you protect that progress and whatever that progress is for you. And so take those and go grab movement and go consume some of David's resources or the mindset or any of them from any collection of us. But most importantly, don't allow it to become shelf help. The integration part's the most important part. Knowledge without being converted into skill is just a liability. And the higher that Mm, skill line gets to matching your knowledge, the more dangerous you are. And and I think that that's the best way to grow. And I I think it's huge. And so thank you for sharing those. And thank you for being so open. Yeah. And that word, so letting go seem to me, that's, that is the key. So what you just described along with understanding that you will not solve emotionally related problems by thinking about it. Nope. You got to get out of your headspace and you got to get into the body sensations. Yep. And also starting to understand because we're so goal oriented that we don't have uh, objectives in mind. You got to learn to let go of your distraction because mindfulness, mindfulness is what remains after you let go of everything that's distracting you in your head. That's a good definition. So, So sink into that and just experience the moment and be, and you know how we talk about bringing compassion into your life. Yep. If you're unable to bring self-love into it, then just be with it. That's all you got to do. Yeah. Be with it for as long as you can and we, let it move. Yeah. I have to say this cause this might be helpful, but I had a dear friend of mine, an incredible client and also support of mine, Lucy on the show. And, and we talked about manifestation and we, we recorded a guided visualization for everybody because I have a page on the website called SOS where I actually give them all of my tools to help regulate my nervous system. But one of the prompts that she said to me, and, and it's so related to what you're sharing, is that, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to explain this in like a minute, but also I'm going to explain it through the lens of abundance and scarcity as well because this might land for people because that was a term I didn't understand for a long time either, right? When we talk about being abundant, abundant means that every single thing that you have right now, you have to be grateful for in order to have more of it, which means the shadows and the light, which means the experiences, regardless of how we choose to see them. And so the difference between failure and success is when your number one client leaves, is is this something that is happening to me or is there an opportunity a lesson in something happening for me right it's the same situation and we choose to relate to it quite differently but that determines how we make progress and how we move forward in the world but what you have to understand is that you have to be willing to sit in those moments and the moment itself isn't wrong there's nothing bad or wrong in it there's nothing anything happening at the way I describe this for my very simple, uneducated three color crayon box brain, black, white, pink. Those are the only three colors in my box. I was a Marine. Is that really no matter what's happening, it's just a check engine light in my own vehicle. And the only reason it hurts and it's loud is because I'm not opening it up to ask what it is, but it doesn't mean that every time my check engine light comes on and it says my engine 
or my windshield wiper fluid's low, that I'm going to be happy about it. I'm most likely going to be annoyed because it's snowing and raining in Montana, and now my windshield's dirty as shit, and I didn't have time in my calendar or plan on walking into the store, buying the thing, filling my car, and adding that as a part of my day. But somehow, even with that slight annoyance, I stay focused on the thing. Like, that's what the whole point of the game is. And for me, and as cheesy as this may sound, the number one thing that I repeat to myself and I say it out loud until I can say it inside is that I'm safe. If I'm driving and I'm in scarcity or overwhelm or think the world's ending, I just start saying I'm safe. I'm safe. I'm safe. I'm safe. And whatever you say or whatever you have to anchor you back into the moment to know that like that feeling isn't happening outside of you. It's something inside of you that your body, your emotions and whatever physical level, spiritual connected. It's like, hey, can you do me a favor? (laughs) Can you just pay attention to me for like one second? And I promise if you do, I will get less loud. You might not like what you have, but if I didn't tell you about this, something bad is going to happen. So like, please pay attention to me. And and I kind of think of them like they're my little helpers now. It's like when I get in my car every day, I would like it to tell me that if I'm about to drive down the road, I have four flat tires and I should probably put some air in them before I try to win the race. Mm. And as cheesy as that sounds to say, and for everybody watching, like my dear friend Angie Lee on Instagram, like I have these things written on stickies around me all the time. I'm so bullish on environmental design. Because I genuinely believe the more I can have these anchored in and be reminded of these things, the more my body, my whole state of being stays on that road. And so I love those those prompts. And even the way that you break this down, I think, is is so huge. And, and I know yoga is one way, stillness practice, meditation practices, movement. But any way that you allow yourself to be in your body, I think, is the most powerful way. And so thank you for saying that as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I th- the key for me was one of the big ch- leaps for me was to realize that my practice was not just when I was doing yoga or sitting cross-legged. Yes. <laughs> yes. I love I love the body language I'm seeing on your side. Oh my god, it's yes. Every every moment I know this this is all this cliche, but every moment is an opportunity to learn like your you're uh, like it, you you gotta be open to feeling even like if you're sitting talking to a friend or you're doing the dishes just sink in and feel like why not yeah it's a muscle and the thing is you mentioned um your so for with an emotional experience i don't know if this is necessarily what you're talking about you're talking yeah. about your car problems yeah, yeah, and all yeah. that but but sometimes when you start paying attention it gets louder it does. It does. <laughs> and more intense. And and that's okay. Like it's actually that is telling you that you've been numbing a part of your body. And so you're not feeling the actual sensation or the pain. Yep. That's there. And and once you're ready, you just sit with it. Just sit with it and feel it. Let it move. It's remember it is all energy. Let go of the emotional stuff that is attached to it. The people listening to the show are going to be like, he's never going to shut up now because all I do is tell him to have a stillness practice every day to sit with their emotions. My favorite line, and I forget about this, but when I facilitate breath work, it's the one that I say the most. But Lucy was mm-hmm. on the show the other day and she's like, do you remember what you were yelling in the mic? I'm like, no, I'm in flow state when I'm sitting. She's like, 
I just remember you at the top of your lungs. If it's coming up, it's coming out. Let it out. If it's coming up, it's coming out. And it's like one of my favorite things that I, I was gifted to learn from plant medicine and breath work and everything. When And, and this yeah. is where I learned it. When I was getting briefed the first time ever doing transformational breath work and they taught me about actual purging, which isn't just puking. It's any release of my body, shaking, shivering, yeah. laughing, crying, cold, warm. And I was like, wait, that's what's happening? And they're like, yeah. yeah. I'm like, wait. So when I go sit out there for five minutes and I feel really, really upset, but I just let the feeling come in that warm wave that I get in my body, they're like, yeah. They're like, do you ever notice that like once it's done, it doesn't come back? I'm like, yeah. And like, yeah, that's called purging. Your body is just actually releasing the emotion you're just not giving it the space to and it changed everything for me and like mm-hmm. I, and now it's like i people that come to my events or have ever seen me keynote i'll be on stage in front of a thousand people and i'll tell a story that will emotionally bring up emotions and i will stop and i will just cry for a minute like what i'm like no, no i'm just getting this out now i don't want to stuff it back in like i'll be back in a second mm-hmm. <laughs> and i'm like i just like love the fact that if it's coming up it's coming out and so it's a really good anchor for me and it reminded me with when you said that yeah, I was going to ask you if you did pranayama. Uh, I have. Wow. Yeah. Oh, it can be so. It's it, it's so strange that simply deepening your breath for a few minutes can create that. It is it is just the, when I started doing it, I'm like, what is happening? All I'm doing is hyperventilating. Yep. And I'm experiencing this massive rush of energy through yep. my body. Oh my God. And then like, same thing with like Kundalini, like breath of fire. I, sw- yeah. I swear, if you're about to go run a marathon, you just do like 30 minutes of breath of fire first, you'll win. Like game over. <laughs> like you could stop halfway through the game and like spend 20 <laughs> minutes in breath of fire and you'll end up bare chested, barefoot in the cold mountains winning that thing. It's I, 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 breath yeah. is breath is the most powerful rocket fuel that exists in the world for human beings to achieve anything that they want to achieve. It Like hands down, which actually leads me to a question as we near... Um, probably one of many, many conversations I selfishly would like to have with you because I enjoy them. Um, but my, one of my favorite questions is like, we think about this now, right? The life that you live, you live in, you know, you Canada, you've been, you've had this website for 14 years. You run do yoga with me. You've literally helped like over 300,000 people do this. You're a leader, you have employees, you have clients, you have responsibility, all of this is fun, but in your day to day, like what are your non-negotiable practices like that you go to, that you thrive in, that you utilize like as a leader, as a human, as an entrepreneur of like, these are the ones that like, I'm going to die on this hill. Like, what are those for you? Any of them? Yeah. Well, the actual practice shifts has shifted a lot, but it's, it's basically self-reflection. Mm. Like I need, I need time to be alone and to sink into what's just basically the energy the energy of who I am in that moment. Yeah. that's. And so that can be, you know, if I feel particularly stuck, I'll do a pranayama practice. If I feel like I, you know, I just um, played hockey the day before I might just sit and sink into it. I might do an intense yoga practice if I'm feeling like I need the physical part. I like to listen to what my body's needs are. And then, you know, relationships. We all we all thrive. That's we wouldn't thrive if we didn't have relationships with people we love. So connections with my kids, my my wife, 
friends. And having those, you know, we both talked about having those deeper conversations. There's nothing like I can honestly say some conversations with friends had more impact on me than sitting in meditation for two hours. Yes. Like the bigger realization that you can have when someone just says something a certain way yep. and you realize, oh, yeah, yeah. Because these concepts are not easy to understand, right? Like how, how do you not live without an objective? Yep. How do you not relate to your body without a goal? Yep. Well, what I love, and I want to take a minute to tie in something you said earlier that you said, and even how you just talked about your day, um, for everybody wondering earlier when you said like the challenge, everybody's so results oriented, right? And, and we forget that a finish line is a byproduct, right? If you want to generate a million dollars, there needs to be an input put into a process to create that result, right? Like if you want to lose 10 pounds, you have to change a variable in over a set amount of time to get that as a result, right? And I agree that the rigidity of like the goals, but even when I asked about your daily practices, it sounds like what your outcome is, is you have a set amount of time for self-reflection every day. And the outcome is self-reflection, but the path or bridge and where you get there, you match that day based on your feeling, but also hitting a minimum one day, it might be deepening a practice. It might be stretching. It might be stillness. It might be Mm. boom, but you always protect the outcome of self-reflection, not I'm going to self-reflect for 10 minutes a day. You're like, whatever modality gets me there. And so just for everybody listening, like when I talk about outcome-based or future self-journaling or like everything that I'm helping you design in the Relationship Speed Algorithms Alliance, right? Like this isn't about us building your vision. It's about you stretching that next level of deciding what that looks like in the future. But then that outcome is the thing that you focus towards and you put the inputs in, but it changes every day because we change every day. And so it's just such mm-hmm. a beautiful example of like protecting the practice, but not exactly what it looks like to keep that progress going. And so I just appreciate you saying that because I think it's, yeah. it's huge. Thanks. And this actually, this can shift a little bit more into leadership and we're yeah. both entrepreneurs. And the way I look at that shared growth is that when you're when you do have a goal that's been set for your family or your team or friends, I see my individual role as ensuring that everyone is aligned with their purpose and that the steps that we're taking is ensuring that everyone is experiencing a level of personal growth when they're going through the process. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I literally, and just cause it's in my brain. So I have to say it for everybody listening, this is literally so many reminders, but also thinking about like having a vivid vision to every goal and outcome, but knowing that the race doesn't always look like it does, but then having team and supporting team and getting there and everybody being focused. And then this is a good time. I mentioned it earlier, but that I, I mentioned it. So I'll say it. There's an incredible book by Dan Sullivan and Benjamin Hardy called The Gap and the Gain. And I feel like the gap in the gain does does two things. Number one is it kind of gets you to stop worrying about the results-oriented thing because it forces you to look at it at a different level. And then it kind of breaks it out through behaviors where it shows you how to look at your business or your goals or your life in the lens of where you've come from but where you want to achieve, but then to align everybody on it and protecting that for everybody, right? Because we all we all grow as this goes. And so... It's such a great blend of like personal experience and 
business leadership. Yeah. I just finished 10X is easier than 2X. Yeah. Oh, it's such a good one. Yeah. Ben's great. He, uh, I literally, there's 12 of them sitting on my table right there because he sent me a ton of He's coming on the show. But I literally, like, I, I, I tell everybody, like, if you want to win in life, I guarantee you as an entrepreneur, if you read The Go-Giver, Atomic Habits, The Comfort Crisis, and The Wedge on the personal side, read all Mike McCallowitz books on the business side and read all Jonah Berger books on the customer side, uh, Jonah Berger books on the customer side, and then Benjamin Hardy books to build yourself, you literally are guaranteed to get to wherever you want to go. Like those are like, I reread all of them every year. They're like the perfect rotation. Mm -hmm. So I am a big fan of whether it's 10X better than 2X, personalities and permanent, be your future self now, they're all so good. And the gap in the gain is the last piece of like, yeah, but, and it removes that evidence from you. And you're like, oh, I got it. I just have to keep, okay, got it. And it's, it's all the tools and the playbooks. And then you take yoga with you and you guys plug those into those behaviors of your future self as a way to move your body. And you start applying these pieces in and it's magical. Yeah. I love their mm -hmm. stuff. I'm, I followed him when he was on medium and personalities and permanent changed my life. That book single-handedly changed my life, single-handedly. Mm -hmm. And then, the, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And there's based on, basically in response to what you said, so, you know, when you're, when you're a thought leader and you're espousing like approaches to life or business, people tend to think that you know everything. Yep. <laughs> yep. Or, or my ability to be able to talk about anxiety and help people with it. But I think the the most important thing is to be okay with not knowing. Yes. Like, and not even needing to find the answer. Yep. Sometimes. I mean, of course, like you're rereading those books because there are probably little bits that you just, that strike true for you that didn't the last time. Well, for sure. Them. Cause I'm a different person. So I also get different takeaways. Yeah. 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 At different levels of depth. Yeah. 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 And I think that's what, that was one of the greatest realizations for me every day of your life. Just be okay with not knowing because the, the answer sometimes isn't there. And if you're trying to find it, you're just, you're just going to get lost or you're going to get caught in, in the mind trying to figure it out for you. Yeah. Oh my God. I love that one. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like we could we could talk for hours on this. We're, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna land the plane, and I actually have a perfect uh, reminder for people. One of my takeaways, uh, I, I learned this from a shaman in Costa Rica. Yeah, I learned a lot of things from this man that are all tied into this podcast. Number one, like he told me, I lost in life because I didn't I didn't know who I wanted to be. I was being the world's version of myself, which has made me realize I needed clarity to build that person. But the the thing that he got me with was what you just said, and it. When you said um, humility earlier and that reaction in my body, when he said this to me, I had a similar release because as a survival mechanism, because of all my trauma and my life, I had to know. That's how I survived. I had to know how to get food. I had to have the answer. There was nobody coming. And so there was this built-in bad behavior that made people feel unseen around me, made them feel like I ran them over, like I didn't care about what they had to say. I couldn't hear them. And the only thing he ever said to me was, uh, just remember, <laughs> a master says, thanks for the reminder. And a student says, I already know. And it never left me. 
and I have this ingrained social trigger in my brain that every time a question comes up or I'm in a conversation or I'm stuck with something, the moment my brain goes to I know, it reframes to, oh, I don't have to know. I can either go learn it, I can go ask somebody, or I'm not supposed to know in that moment. But that that quote for everybody listening is a really powerful reminder for me that I keep in my notebooks that says a student, uh, a master says thanks for the reminder and a student says I already know. And it was a really, really good anchor for me to remember um, that breakthrough. So yeah, thank you for triggering that thought. Yeah, even even a teacher seems to think they know everything. I mean, on a daily basis, we're going through not knowing the answer. I don't remember who I was too. yesterday. I don't remember yeah. who I was yesterday. God, I have an entire podcast I want to do on this. And somebody asked me in a question, they're like, I understand. Like, I went to this retreat for seven days and then I came home and like, I'm trying to tell everybody and nobody wants to talk to me. I was like, you, hey, you do realize that the person they love died seven days ago <laughs> and this new person just showed up and they didn't go do breathing with you for seven days? Like, slow your roll, yeah. bro. Like their, their 33 year old child just left for the first time ever and got wings. Like you got to slow your roll a little bit, <laughs> but, um, mm. but yeah, it's uh it's really interesting. And man, I just want to thank you again. I, I feel like the way I would summarize this podcast is thank you for the timely reminders and grounding pulls and distinctions and, and ways for this to land. And for everybody listening, like, just like every podcast that this is about try it on for size and, and take something and, and give it a chance to work and try it. But like the, the distinctions that even David shared in, in the anxiety and in the depression and the takeaways, like these are deep rooted at the core of like when you understand them here and you make the change at this level, they permeate to every other level above it. And these happen to be the deepest rooted levels. And I couldn't give more credence to the work that David does and the resources that they have. Like we all need to be in our bodies, right? Like this is the vehicle that gets us here. This is the thing that allows us to execute our, our vision, whatever that is. And if you don't take care of it and you put shit in the gas tank, you're going to get shit performance on the racetrack. So move your body, be connected to your mind, work on your state of being all these things that I talk about that we help you with, like, Come join the Relationship Speed Algorithms Alliance. We can help you do this. Go pick up David's resources. Like literally go do yoga with me, which is the best, <laughs> the best name ever. And I'm just jealous that I didn't domain squat on that one 10 years ago. <laughs> but you were already in the game. I don't think I bought my first website till like 2009. So I think you were ahead of me. But the most important part, though, is that you pick up any of these pieces, even if it was something David shared in his story or something that resonated with you and how he talked about leadership or the way he broke down his goal or how he dealt with anxiety. Anything that rang true for you in your body, in your brain, on your pen, in your heart, that's the piece for you to pick up, put it into practice and get it integrated. And if you like it, keep it. And once it sticks, then come pick up another one and go grab the most part. But I will tell you that David will say the same thing. And he said this in the podcast. It's the integration that makes the biggest difference. You can go do breath work and you can go do yoga. But what you learn on that yoga mat is your invitation to eat that every single day until you get on the yoga mat again in every moment that you can. And that's what integration is. That's where you start to flex and change these things. And so, David, I just... I want to say thank you again. So for everybody, do yoga with me.com. Um, everywhere to connect with David is on there. Um, they have a discount on the yearly membership, which thank you, by the way. We don't run sponsors on the show, everybody. 
David's not paid to be here. I didn't ask to do that. He just genuinely wanted to do that out of the gift of his heart. So thank you so much. Um, and you guys know that's real for me because we don't run sponsors or anything. And I highly recommend you take a peek at if you're up against that wall, if you're having any issues or challenges with anxiety or depression, go take a peek, go click around, go watch a few, just get tuned into a different environment and allow it to be okay. Even if it's just consuming different information around the same topic, that's progress, celebrate it and keep going. But the resources only work if you use them. So David, um, for the last question, and I, and I have to end the show with this because I'm incredibly excited to hear your answer. And I, uh, I had to pause my landing of the plane to ask this one, but I, I do like to ask people this. And so I want you to imagine that everybody listening for the last hour forgot absolutely everything you said. And you have the ability to tattoo a piece of wisdom on their soul right now that they'll take with them forever. Consider your fortune cookie or your fortune paragraph, however long you'd like to make it. But what's the one thing that you would tattoo on everybody's soul with them to take with them forever? No pressure. <clears throat> okay, I'm I'm just gonna I'm gonna dial into this. I'm trying to use the force here. I love it. Are you saying like two words or one no, sentence? No, no, whatever you want. A sentence, a paragraph, a thought, a lyric, a, a takeaway, a summary, any yeah. anything you want. Just whatever you want to tattoo in their memory. Okay. I would say understand thyself and you do that through being radically vulnerable, humble, and through understanding what non-attachment is, relating to yourself and your world in a way that you're not attaching to the emotions that are arising. And when you're scared, do it anyway. <laughs> and I think that's, the, I might just take that part and that's the whole social clip. Know thyself, do blank, do here. And when you're scared, do it anyways. And I think <laughs> that that it. is like the best fortune cookie that could be created. And uh, yeah, I appreciate it. And, and so and let me just add one thing. So one of the, one of the things that makes our site different is that we are genuinely accessible. Yeah. Genuinely accessible. I am genuinely accessible. Yeah. So are our teachers. You can yeah. reach out to us. We, our mission is to create a real community of people who are supportive. Yeah. Yeah. I feel, I, struggles. I feel that based on all my professional internet stalking that I've done since we've had this scheduled. So yeah, I, I vouch and, and listen for everybody like this is just, if you feel the calling, Take the calling, take a peek, take a taste, right? Think of it like the food court at the mall in the 90s for those that grew up there, right? Like just keep walking by and eating as much teriyaki chicken as you want. They won't remember who you are. And eventually, maybe if you have enough, you might buy it. But just go take a peek. See if you like it. See if it smells good. See if it tastes good. Bring it into your kitchen. Bring it into your house. Do it on Zoom. Do it in five minutes. Give it a try. You'll be shocked at what happens. So just as a quick reminder, um, the website is doyogawithme.com. And then the Instagram is do yoga with me. If you guys want, you can DM us on Instagram. We will send it to you. And just a couple quick reminders to wrap the show. We're dropping the outro of the show. So consider this the outro. On today's show, I won't remember everything I mentioned, but I remember a few of them. And two of them being the Wedge of Expectations, the SOS, and then the third being the Relationships Beat Algorithms Alliance. 
we made the SOS page for all of you guys to have a resource, to make your own, to have it. It's my playlists. It's my journal prompts. It's my actual tools, the actual model to help be able to integrate all of this stuff. And it is all linked at mindofgeorge.com SOS, but it only works if you go click on it because I can't come type it into your phone or computer for you. So if you, you right. need it, you have to go type it in there, everybody. So um, I should mention that that 21 yeah, day program is not on Diogo with me. It's actually on a separate site. We okay. have a YTT program, so Got it. they'll need to reach out to us to get that link. Perfect. Perfect. And thank you for saying that. And we'll put that in the yep. show notes as well. So for everybody with that and uh, that's even better. Just remember to do yogawithme.com. And when you reach out about that 21 day, they'll be able to send it to you and they'd want to connect with you anyways, to make sure it's a good fit and support yeah. you and you get everything that you need. So yeah. thank you for throwing that in there. And so for everybody listening, um, we did it. It's an hour, a little bit over, but we put the juicy part in the beginning for you. And if this landed, if this resonated, and most importantly, if you know anybody that there was anything of value, anything of nugget or anything of wisdom in here that David shared or I shared that could help them, give them the gift of the light, share it, pass it forward, have them have the impact as well. And then that'll help you build that environment we talked about of other people thinking, believing, acting and doing the same thing as you to get there. So remember mm -hmm. that the most important relationship you have is the one with yourself. Relationships will always beat algorithms. And so we will either see you in the next episode or you will hear me in your earballs. But either way, we're out.